My Better Half explores aspects of aging and thriving in late life. Today, host Vanessa Finney speaks with Ashton Applewhite, author of This Chair Rocks, A Manifesto Against Ageism, about ageism in society and its effect on everything from our social group choices to our aversion to wrinkles and gray hair. Here's Vanessa. Welcome to My Better Half on Jefferson Public Radio. I'm Vanessa Finney. Today I'm honored to have Ashton Applewhite as my guest. She's an author, speaker, and activist whose long writing career has evolved from covering general topics to a focus on longevity to ageism, which is prejudice or discrimination on the basis of age. In 2016, she delivered a keynote address on the subject to the United Nations. The same year, she self-published the book This Chair Rocks, a Manifesto Against Ageism, which the UN called a catalyst to raise the consciousness of people around the world on what ageism is and what we can do to dismantle it. In 2017, her TED Talk, entitled Let's End Ageism, inspired a standing ovation and has been watched over a quarter million times since then. She joins us now from Brooklyn. Ashton, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. So in recent years, the world seems to have been very ready to hear the message that ageism exists pervasively, and it's harmful to us all, of all ages. And not only have you personally received a lot of accolades for your research, campaigns have been started around the world by both government bodies and private parties. I'm thinking of Australia's Ageism Awareness Day, the hashtag I look my age on TikTok, and we could go on and on. My first question to you, is this just part of the zeitgeist now, or how would you explain the momentum that the pro-aging movement has gathered? It's hard to chart the progress of a social movement, for sure, there are tipping points. I've been at this now for over 15 years, and in the very beginning, anytime anyone you know gave ageism a footnote, I fell off my chair in delight. <laughs> and uh, just the, the just as one barometer, as one metric, think how many headlines and conversations ageism has been part of in, in the last year compared even just to the year before. So I think you have sort of a critical, you know, a geometric effect. The more people start talking about it, the more people hear and so on. Uh, and I think the world is ready for this. There have been any number of exciting catalysts. A huge one was the World Health Organization, which, you know, not the World Old People Organization, that launched a global <laughs> campaign to combat ageism. It's called A World for All Ages, which I love. And that's a 10-year campaign, you know, that's just, you know, gaining ground all the time. The U.K. is about to launch a national campaign. I could go on. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the word is exponential. You know, it, on one level, you know, this has ex existed in the background uh, for, for many years. The U.S. just celebrated the 60th anniversary of Older Americans Month. Uh, President uh -huh. Biden made remarks in May, but there's this new momentum. And I want to just circle back and come up to your book a bit. You left a longtime writing position at the American Museum of Natural History in 2017 to become a full-time activist. Mm -hmm. And the catalyst for this chair rocks was sort of a research question being, why is our view of late life so grim when the lived reality is so different? Yeah. I mean, I also turned 65 so I could qualify for Medicare. Mm -hmm. So that helped. And also, you know, this, this sideline gig was getting, picking up more of my time. Um, you know, that the, the, the reason we only hear one side of the story is to, to simplify, you know, powerful forces and interests benefit when aging is framed as a disease to be cured or, um, or fixed or something that we could stop. The XPRIZE just announced today a, a zillion dollar, $1.1 million designed to stop 
aging. You know, you can't <laughs> stop aging. The only way to stop aging is to be dead. Aging is living. Living. You know, longevity science means more aging by definition. So you started blogging about this, and it got more and more of your attention. You sort of started drilling down from longevity to yeah. healthy aging, ageism um, in 2007. Uh, in 2012, you started speaking on the subject, and then you started this blog, I, and I love this, uh, <laughs> Yo, Is This Ageist? Because yeah. it reminded me, this came later, but it reminded me, it seemed in the spirit of, if you've heard of Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, which answers questions about race and racism. Funny you should mention that. It is actually modeled, I will say, with permission on Yo, Is This Racist, which was a pre-existing blog designed for exactly that. We're uncomfortable talking about race. And we are clueless and uncomfortable. I think we're less uncomfortable around aging because everyone experiences it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't do that sort of othering thing. Am I being, mm. you know, am I being inappropriate? Because the weird thing about ageism is that that other is your own older self. So it's a prejudice against yourself, although all prejudice harms everyone. But that is what that is where I got the idea. Although I have started on the. Uh, <laughs> LinkedIn and uh, my Facebook page with my colleague, uh, Ayanna King, something called the Discomfort Club, where we (laughs) talk about (laughs) uncomfortable things, mainly ageism and racism. What a coincidence. I love that. And that is a good point. (laughs) That's a great point about othering. And as someone who makes mistakes, uh, missteps myself, you know, as most of us do, I'm so, yeah, I'm so grateful to have that kind of sort of non-judgmental forum where somebody is generously taking time to answer, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the biggest reason companies give for not addressing age bias and probably other things, too, that they don't say out loud is they're afraid they'll get it wrong. Guess what? We all get it wrong. We are, culture is changing. There are no fixed rules. A title that works for one person doesn't work for another person. The only Mm -hmm. way to get it wrong is to not try, is to not Try and look at your own biases because we're all biased. I say and think ageist things all the damn time. And because we can't challenge bias unless we're aware of it. And ageism is sort of the last bias to, to, to uh, come to the table, if you will. But everything we have learned in recent years about addressing uh, racism, about addressing homophobia and so on, we can apply in some way to some degree because every bias is different and every human's experience of it is different. But we can apply that to undoing ageism. We are not starting from zero, which speaks to your original question about why we're gaining ground. The, the ground has been plowed in all sorts of ways by these other movements over the past half century. And I'm going to speak more to that in just a moment. You're listening to My Better Half on Jefferson Public Radio. I'm Vanessa Finney, and I'm talking with Ashton Applewhite, who's been on the annual Forbes list of 40 women to watch over 40 and named to the Healthy Aging 50 by the Decade of Healthy Aging platform, which is a collaboration between the UN and the World Health Organization. She educates people on how to identify ageism and ultimately dismantle it. And Ashton, I'm going to put myself on the spot and ask to be educated. Um, I'm inspired <laughs> by your your blog, Yo Is This Ageist? And it made me think of something I've, I said in the past um, that was supposed to be funny or, you know, innocuous. Uh. And I'm, and I'm going to uh, go out on a limb here. Here's the situation. Um, I come across my uh, friend in her 50s, and she's telling her sunbathing teenage daughter, Millie, put a hat on, you know, cover your face from the sun. And I say... Yeah, listen to your mother, Millie. You'll thank us when you're 80 and you still look like you're 14. Was that ageist against Millie's future self? <laughs> um, 
listen, of course it's ageist. I mean, thank you for being vulnerable. We have all, you know, thought and said the same thing. So, you know, it's only by telling stories like this and sharing experiences that we learn about ourselves and that we educate others. I mean, that sentiment is rooted in the idea, which is the multi-billion dollar anti-aging piece Mm -hmm. of the skincare and beauty industry, spends millions of dollars a year encouraging you to believe in, which is that we are what we look like and that youth equals beauty and that old equals ugly. So all you are doing is being the very human person that has absorbed some of this messaging, and it is really, really hard to beat that back. So a better thing to say is maybe wear a hat so you don't get skin cancer. Right. right? Focus on the health component. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know. and that reminds me. Just to give people another example, they might want to check out uh, the blog Yo Is This Ageist. One thing that stuck out to me was that stem cell ad on the side of the bus. Can you tell us mm-hmm. briefly? Uh, what, what did that was it about? say exactly? Uh, it said, oh, so "You're looking at it. It's something about stopping aging, right?" Yeah, face cream can't stop aging, but stem cells can. Yeah, I mean. Here's the, you know, this is maybe a little bit semantic, but the enemy, and that's not language I love, is not aging. Aging is living. It is a beautiful, powerful, lifelong process. It's not just something old people do, right? And that's not bad, and it's fascinating. It would be fantastic to know more about the basic biology of aging. And one reason we don't know more about it is because of ageism, because we don't include older people in, in, in a clinical trial, because aging isn't sexy, right? Mm. And I think that's changing as population aging becomes an ever more obvious phenomenon. Everyone everywhere is living longer. But the target needs to be age-related disease. Right? No one dies of old age. They die because their heart stops. They die because of cancer. They die because of some condition that may or may not be related to getting older. They're older people. They're 90-year-olds with super healthy hearts, and they're you know 30-year-olds with really unhealthy hearts, and so on. Age is never the reason. So we are learning, starting to learn a lot more about the biology of aging, which is fantastic, but it is very important to push back against the idea that aging is the target. And you wouldn't see any other fundamental aspect of human identity or uh, targeted like that, right? We're not trying to stop um, being queer. We're not trying to stop being a person of color. It's not healthy to want to stop waking up a day older either. It's impossible. It's expensive. It sets us up to fail. It yeah. hits us against each other and our future selves. You just put it side by side, you know, compare when we say this about another ism. Where does ageism fit in with the other isms? And I'm thinking about a word that's become sort of in vogue. It, it's rather academic, intersectionality. But yeah. since the yeah. pandemic, since Black Lives Matter movement, it's come up a lot. And it, for me, it actually goes back to to the person who coined the term ageism because he was trying to align it with racism, sexism. So there's yeah, that idea I, that one prejudice amplifies all the others. So mm-hmm. Or how, informs it. Yeah. So how yeah, does I mean, I ageism... believe it was a legal scholar named Kimberly Crenshaw who coined the term because she was approached by a black woman who was facing job discrimination. And she said, I am getting it not only because I am older, but because I am black. And to, 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 the law doesn't like double things, right? They want to keep it simple. They want to point one thing and, and argue it on a, on a simpler basis. But Kimberly Crenshaw came up with this idea of intersectionality to show that all these aspects of our identity and the privilege and prejudice we each of us experience, different for each of us, but they are combined, this web. 
And, you know, you could say that ageism is the ultimate intersectional bias because mm. everyone ages. Ageism and ableism, which is prejudice and stigma around how our minds and bodies function, because everyone experiences changes in that as well. Mm -hmm. But when we, you know, work against ageism, we make life better for every members of all of these groups, because if you if you are lucky, and it is related to just general uh, economic privilege, you will get old and you will experience it. But another way to think about it that I thought a lot about in the last few years is that when we uh, work on our, our racism, we are helping, we are also dismantling ageism. When we work against sexism, right? When you chip away at any form of prejudice, you chip away at the fear and ignorance that underlie them all. So it is the opposite of zero sum. Ageism is intersectional too. And being anti-ageist means supporting every struggle for equal rights. It is Audre Lorde, this wonderful uh, feminist, feminist lesbian yeah. activist said, there's no such thing as a single issue struggle because we don't lead single issue lives. So it's really important not to think of like, gee, if I put my you know apples in this social justice cart, I'm, I'm taking them out of another. No, you're not. You're lifting all the damn boats, and I just mixed my metaphors. <laughs> you have developed a number of tools to support people who want to work on this issue. Talk about some of those in the couple of minutes we have left. Uh, one activity you encourage is starting a consciousness-raising group. You've got an old-school clearinghouse. Yeah, I I'll make it really efficient for people. I thought sort of, I guess, six or seven years ago, that the ageism awareness movement is new. Wouldn't it be cool if there was one place to find all the best resources, tools, podcasts, infographics, blah, blah, blah. So two colleagues and I created the Old School Anti-Ageism Clearinghouse. The website is oldschool.info. Everything is free except the books. We've vetted everything that's in there. So you can find there whatever, if you're interested in the in the gender aspect of it, search it for gender. If you're experiencing workplace discrimination, search for workplace or employment or whatever. I often recommend really what seem like small asks, but not, you know, they're bigger than they seem because changing habits on learning is hard. But um, try to break the habit of making a beeline for people your own age when you come in the room. Mm. Because simply making an older or younger friend is an anti-ageist act. And we live in a very age-segregated society. So when we disrupt it, that, that's one really effective little thing we can do. Well, thank you so much for taking, uh, making time for this, Ash, and I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us. My pleasure. I've been talking with Ashton Applewhite, author of This Chair Rocks, A Manifesto Against Ageism. You can listen to this and other episodes at jeffexchange.org or wherever you subscribe to podcasts.